Can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? Okay, sure. My name is Pam Montana. I live in Danville, California, which is in the East Bay, kind of near San Francisco. Pam is 66. She spent decades working as a tech executive, most recently at Intel. She's married with two daughters and has seven grandkids. And she also loves to travel. I actually have a map behind me that you can't see, but there are little pin marks on every country I've been been to, and I've just uh, really loved to travel. I can see the pins. Yeah, yeah. That's why, I mean, there's way more, but I've really been everywhere. Manila, Malaysia, you know, Brazil, I mean, China, Japan. You know, I'm a very happy, upbeat person. I have a very strong faith. Around five years ago, Pam was diagnosed with early-onset Alzheimer's. She first realized something wasn't quite right at a work meeting. I remember very clearly the first moment that I knew something was wrong. And at Intel, we have obviously a lot of technology updates. It's a technology company. And my part of my job as a leader in the organization was to share the latest updates. And on, on uh, Fridays, that's when we got our updated training from, you know, corporate and so initially, I would just grab a couple notes, right? Just, just like some highlighted things so that I could uh, remember kind of what to talk to. And then around that time, I literally had to write down word for word what they were telling me. Because what I like to say is it wasn't sticking. My brain couldn't handle it anymore. Do you remember how you felt when you were diagnosed? It was... Not good. I mean, it was devastating, quite frankly. Um, I thought maybe I was just going to kind of fade away, you know, pretty quickly. But thankfully for me, I haven't. Even though Pam still has a lot of her memory, it will continue to slip away. And she's grasping for something that can help her. I need more time. That is really what all of us with this disease need. We need more time with our family, with our friends, with our grandchildren. You know, I, I... You know, I've got a, my youngest grandchild is one years old. His birthday was last week. And my oldest is 13. And I really, really would like to be with them and see them graduate high school, college, whatever. Um, and, and know them. Right. Know who they are. This week, Pam and millions of others with Alzheimer's got a new treatment option, the first Alzheimer's drug to receive FDA approval in nearly 20 years. But this drug almost didn't get approved. And some prominent doctors and scientists are saying there's very little evidence it actually works. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, June 11th. Coming up on the show, the fall and then the rise of the new Alzheimer's drug. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. 
Terms and conditions apply. In the U.S., more than 6 million people are living with Alzheimer's. And with an aging population, that number is expected to double by 2050. The disease robs people of their memories and ability to care for themselves. And scientists have struggled to find a cure. Our colleague Joe Walker, who covers biotech, says that's because of how little we know about the disease. We don't really understand how Alzheimer's works. We don't really understand all the complexity that drives this disease. We know that it's multifactorial, and we know that there's a lot of things happening that combine to give people this thing that we call Alzheimer's, but we don't understand it in any deep sort of way. Are there any drugs available for Alzheimer's patients? There are drugs available for Alzheimer's disease, and, you know, they work okay. What they do is improve your symptoms a little bit for, you know, limited periods of time. But the thing is, is that none of these drugs really get at the underlying cause or pathology of the disease. Getting at the underlying cause of Alzheimer's is what drug makers have been trying to do for decades. And they've mostly been pursuing one scientific theory, the amyloid theory. When people with Alzheimer's die, doctors find a sticky protein inside their brains, which is called amyloid. Pharma companies have tried to create drugs that target the substance and try to get rid of it. That's where this new drug, just approved by the FDA, comes in. It's called Adyahelm, and it's made by the drug maker Biogen. But two years ago, in 2019, things looked really different for Biogen. At that time, it seemed like this drug would never see the light of day. Biogen shares are tumbling this morning. This is big news. It comes after the drug maker and Japanese partner aside discontinued late-stage trials of an Alzheimer's treatment. Biogen said, we're stopping these trials because we looked at the data so far and the drug, it's not going to work. Statistically, they cannot, it just can't work out. And it was, you know, chalked up to another failure for Alzheimer's. And was, was that kind of the nail in the coffin for their drug? For all intents and purposes, in the view of Wall Street, of people in the Alzheimer's community, it was the nail in the coffin. But then, a few months later, Biogen said, so, we looked at some new data that we didn't have at the time when we canceled these studies, and it actually looks like this drug is working. And we're going to seek approval for this drug because the data that we have now says that it's working and we think we have a good case to make to the FDA, to regulators to get it approved. Sorry, they just reversed themselves? Yes, they they reversed course and said we were wrong before when we said that the drug wasn't going to work. Uh, we were wrong for halting the study. And we can now see when we look at this data under the microscope that it looks like this drug is working. That seems highly unusual. Yes. So then, Biogen submitted their data to the FDA, some of it from the incomplete phase three trials, to get Adyahelm approved. We've had many conversations with the company over that time and why they would say this study works even though by normal scientific standards, it couldn't work because they had stopped the study early. And I think the, the answer was, you know, not everything is black and white. And, you know, that you have to 
look at the totality of the data and the totality of evidence that we have for this drug and weigh in mind that there are real people out there, millions of people out there who could benefit from this drug. And not essentially not to be like pedantic data uh, scolds about it and to, you know, go in with an open mind and consider that the signals that these clinical trial data were showing, you know, really were evidence of a benefit. The drug may have shown benefits, but it also came with risks. In the trials, 41% of patients treated with high doses of adiahelm had potentially dangerous side effects. But despite the side effects and the unconventional data, Biogen seemed confident the drug would get approval. And that came across in late 2019, when one Biogen executive spoke at a conference. Most famously at a conference, he said, you know, well, the choice that the FDA has to make here is, sure, they can make us go do another study, but that's going to take five years. And over those five years, there's going to be all these patients who are not going to be able to get a drug that they uh, could get otherwise now. And, and that was seen as being a little bit dicey just because, you know, companies aren't supposed to be pressuring the FDA, certainly not in public, in a way as to put their thumb on the scales. At the same time, Biogen was facing other struggles. Last year, the company lost a legal battle to keep the patent on its top-selling multiple sclerosis drug. The litigation cost Biogen a big chunk of its profits, and it made the approval of Adiahelm critical for the company's survival. The stakes for Biogen couldn't be higher. Adiahelm is potentially a $10 billion a year drug, or maybe more, and is thought of as sort of a savior or a lifeline for the company. It's, it's really staked so much of its reputation on this drug and getting it approved. And so for Biogen, it's like, there's nothing more important. After the break, the controversy over the FDA's decision to approve this drug. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Voice API, you get comprehensive call analytics, virtual assistance, automated speech recognition, and text-to-speech benefits across multiple languages. Developers can add smart voice functionalities into your app, giving your customers an easier way to reach you. And you can start collecting real-time data to drive more meaningful engagement to move your business forward. Learn more at Vonage.com. After Biogen submitted Adiahelm for approval, all eyes were on the FDA. As part of its deliberation process, the FDA heard testimony from people who have early-onset Alzheimer's about why it was important to them that the FDA approve the treatment. One of the people who testified was Pam Montana. I was on the phone with the FDA. They allowed us to share our stories with them and to share our journey with them and to share our hope with them. And so there were about five or six of us that spoke And it was 
you know, gut-wrenching. I mean, I was crying and when I was talking about my kids and then I made all these other people cry because I was crying. I mean, it's, you know, it's an emotional topic. <laughs> you know, when my when my grandchildren are in high school, I want to still know who they are. I don't want to have to be, you know, like have stickers on, like that's Ryan and that's Michael and that's, you know, Susie Q or whatever. I want... I want relationships. I'm I'm extremely connected to people and I need I need that. And I need to feel the connection. And so again it was really all about time and giving me a chance to, you know, to live the best life I possibly could. At the same time that the FDA was weighing patient testimony and the data from Biogen it was also weighing the conclusion of an independent advisory committee. Here's Joe again. So the FDA advisory committee is a, um, a group of independent experts who uh, come from academia, from private medical practice, who the FDA relies on to essentially act as an independent jury. They want to be independent arbiters of a question that the FDA is asking itself. And so in this case, the FDA is asking, should we approve Adjahelm for Alzheimer's disease? And they hold a all-day advisory committee hearing to essentially weigh all the evidence. And what did this committee recommend to the FDA? So the committee essentially says, no, we don't think this drug should be approved. We think that Biogen should go back and do a phase three large clinical trial and prove that it works. And furthermore, FDA, we think that you're being a bit too sympathetic to the company's arguments here and, and sort of putting your, your thumb on the scale a little bit in favor of Biogen's argument for approving the drug. So what did the FDA decide to do? So on Monday, the FDA approved it. They approved it for anyone who wants to take it, essentially. Major news out of the FDA today on what could be a potentially blockbuster Alzheimer's treatment from Biogen. What some are calling potentially the biggest drug of all time. Biogen shares soared as much as 64% after the announcement triggering a... The FDA granted Adyahelm something called an accelerated approval. It said there's enough data to show that the drug helps clear amyloid in the brain, but not that it would necessarily improve a patient's condition. The FDA said that while the trial data were not straightforward, it went through the findings with a fine-tooth comb and decided to use accelerated approval. This process has often been used for cancer drugs. And so they use this accelerated approval, as far as I know, for the first time for an Alzheimer's drug, where they said... We're approving this because it's been shown to clear amyloid from the brain, and therefore it's likely to assume that getting rid of that amyloid is going to have a clinical benefit for patients. Right. So the FDA says it will clear the amyloid, but not make people's dementia better. Yeah. FDA is saying it'll clear the amyloid, which we think should help your dementia. But by approving the drug the FDA went against its own advisory committee? Yeah, going against the advisory committee's recommendation. How often does that happen? Very rarely. The FDA doesn't have to follow the recommendation of these advisory committees, but they usually do. 
The FDA's decision was especially unusual because not a single scientist on the advisory committee endorsed the drug. Three members were so upset by the FDA's decision, they resigned. One of them called the approval process a sham. Another said it was probably the worst drug approval decision in recent U.S. history. What would happen if this drug proves to be totally ineffective in reducing memory loss and dementia? It's a good question. Knowing whether a drug works or not is not an easy thing to determine. That's why you do these controlled clinical trials where you have a placebo and um, you know, objective investigators uh, weighing the results. And so I think it's going to be difficult to actually determine whether or not this drug is helping people. Another risk is on the safety side, because the drug does have some potential side effects that the FDA flagged and that have to be monitored with MRIs. And these side effects have to do with like little tiny brain bleeds um, and an accumulation of fluid on the brain that you know, are potentially serious. And, and, and those things have to be monitored over time. And if the drug is used by millions and millions of people, you might start to see some of those side effects become more prominent. Even though it's not yet clear that Adyahelm works, the price for it will be high. Biogen says the drug will cost an average of $56,000 a year per patient. And that will be a windfall for Biogen. So there must be tons of questions being raised. Like, it was about whether the FDA was pushed into this for the benefit of a pharmaceutical company. Look, I mean, let's just, this is going to make a lot of money for Biogen, a lot of money for its executives, for sure. But, you know, the people who work at these companies are genuinely trying to bring effective drugs to people in the world. And and, and a lot of them, that is their primary motivation. And, I mean, they're staffed largely by, you know, doctors and scientists. and, And I think that the same thing is true of the FDA, right? I think that it thinks of itself as motivated primarily by doing what's right for patients. And if somebody gets rich off of it, then, you know, that, that, that's just a, uh, a, an unintended consequence of their, uh, of their regulatory function. What does this mean for living with Alzheimer's, for treating Alzheimer's? It means that, you know, potentially millions of people in this country, maybe other countries soon enough, have a decision to make about whether they want to try this drug. You hear this from people all the time, right? Like, I am in a terrible situation where I'm willing to take whatever risk I need to take to stop that from happening. And I don't need you, you know, regulator, I don't need you to tell me what risk I'm willing to take because I'm willing to take it. And, you know, that's a powerful, that's a powerful argument. What does the FDA approval of this drug mean for your life? Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing that, you know, everyone is saying, and I'm sure you would, you would agree, is it's really, it's all about hope. And knowing there's data that shows that hopefully it will slow down my progression. And so if I could be in the same place I am right now for the rest of my life, I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, that's beyond anything I would have ever wished or known about. So I'm, 
I'm all in. I don't care how much it costs. You know, I've been saving all my money and working all these big companies and making a boatload of money. You know, what more would I rather do it on? I've already traveled the world. This is my life. I mean, this is my, this is, this is everything. But this drug is not perfect. It has some health risks. It has a high price tag. The data in some ways is not necessarily clear. Why is it worth it? I don't have anything else to lean on. I mean, what else do I have? And so why not? I mean, I'm going to die anyway. Everyone's going to die. But if I could keep my cognition the way it is right now, or even just a maybe a tiny bit declined, I would be thrilled. You know, there was some skepticism initially, but quite frankly, now that the decision's been made, that's all like, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm not going to feel bad that everybody isn't happy about it. You know, I'm happy about it. My family's happy about it. There's nothing else out there. So what the hell, what do I have to lose? Pam, thank you so much. Yeah, I just can't wait to see what's next. That's all for today, Friday, June 11th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show is produced by Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Godkari, Martin Kessler, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Matthew Sherman, Annie Rose Strasser, and John White. Today is Gerard's last day as our executive producer. We will miss him dearly. We wish him well. And as they say, YOLO. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapak, and Matthew Bull. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Katherine Anderson, Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Sunday with the next episode in our mini-series, To the Moon. It's about how a group of small-time investors banded together against Wall Street.